SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Listening to Scott Wetzel will give you a bad taste in your mouth. You call these bagels? It's Bagels and Bad Beats with Scott Wetzel. Hour number two of Bagels and Bad Beats on this uh, Tuesday morning. Yours truly, Scott Wetzel, sitting in, taking you right up until 7 a.m. Eastern time, as we always do. 844-843-6879. We'll open up the phones here again in a little bit, but get on board now. 844-843-6879. You want to send a tweet, it is at Opposite Picks. Email me, go to the website, hit the contact Scott icon. You can follow us on YouTube. Uh, at Sports Grid Radio. Check us out and uh, having some interesting conversations uh, on our chat room as well. So a lot to get to. This, this second hour, college football, our lead story, as it looks like the Big Ten is uh, apparently at, at best, let's put it that way, at best going to at least delay the start of the season. Uh, according to the four-letter network, the uh, powers are going to meet again this morning, 10.30 Eastern time, and expect to vote on what to do. Three proposals apparently being the uh, tinkered about starting it a little bit later, September 26th, uh, postponing it until the spring or just eliminating it altogether. Um, you know, to me, you would think eliminating it altogether would be the last option, but I, I don't know. I, I don't think doing it in the spring would really work. Um, I see no reason realistically to push it back to September 26th, except for it just gives you another month basically off. I mean, are things going to change that much? Who knows? Maybe. Um, but you know, maybe the NFL, maybe they would say, listen, let's, uh, you know, instead of us being the, the, the guinea pig here, why don't we let the NFL be the guinea pig? Why don't we let them try it out? And if it works for the NFL, then maybe we can do it rather than have us go through the embarrassment and the trials and tribulations and the threats of lawsuits and having a poor kid come down with the virus. Let's let the NFL do it. And if they can get it done, then maybe we can. So that would be my realistically only advantage to postponing until 20 this, uh, September 26th. Um, but I, I don't think having it in the springtime would work. I, with college basketball and dealing with that, if it was okay, then you're going to get the college basketball. You're going to get the baseball. You're going to get all the spring sports. You know, you're going to get the NFL involved. They don't want to see these kids play. You're going to get a lot of kids that are going to opt out. Why would I play college football in the spring? When if things are better, then that means the NFL will be on a regular pace. I'm going to have to play college football in the spring and then put on an NFL uniform two months later. I, I just, uh, I don't see it happening. I really don't. I think it's either September 26th or just right up. But keep your fingers crossed. Uh, yeah, 844-843-687. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Bagel. Now, back to Bagels and Bad Beats with Scott Wetzel.
Bagels and Bad Beats on a Tuesday morning, 12 minutes past the hour. Here's truly Scott Wetzel sitting in, taking you right up until 7 a.m. Eastern time. Again, 844-843-6879, the toll-free telephone number. We'll get to the calls here in a sec. First up, the college football, just recapping again our top stories, as we like to do on this uh, Tuesday morning. Mountain West joining the MAC yesterday and postponing its fall sports season. So no college football, at least not this fall, maybe in the springtime, as the MAC has said it's looking to do, as the Ivy League originally said they're looking to do. Big Ten meeting later on this morning to make a decision. They could do the same. Uh, the Pac-12 is, is considering it. So is the SEC. Uh, so are all the conferences, for that matter. None are jumping to conclusions. You have college coaches around college football, particularly in the Big Ten, Scott Frost at Nebraska, uh, Ryan Day over at Ohio State, Harbaugh up in Michigan. You got uh, Nick Saban down in Alabama, all basically saying the same thing, and that is, hey, we want to play. Come hook or crook, we want to play. Frost going so far, and so and same thing with Day going so far as to say, even if the Big Ten decides not to play, their schools, I don't know if they have the right or the power or the authority, uh, the support, most importantly, to be able to say what they're saying, what they're saying that, you know, even if the Big Ten opts out, then they're going to explore trying to play college football anyway. I, I don't know how that would make the Big Ten look. You know, I, I can't believe they would be too happy about that, but you're talking about two prominent programs in Ohio State and Michigan, not necessarily Nebraska, not at least nowadays. But, you know, if you have your two biggest names, theoretically, in your conference say they want to play, and then your conference says, no, we're not going to play, well, that's a little weird. Uh, that That is a little weird. And I tell you, don't be taking any showers uh, in the Big Ten. What does that mean, Scott? Well, the one of the reasons they're giving as far as opting out or at least considering opting out is that apparently a rare heart condition might be able to be linked with the coronavirus is fueling concerns from college administrators about the viability of these kids playing myocarditis. I, I guess that's how you pronounce it. It's an inflammation of the heart has found in at least five Big Ten athletes. Um, and the condition, according to the reports anyway, is caused by a viral infection generally associated with it anyway, which is caused by the common cold, uh, an influenza. But apparently the, the COVID-19 virus has been linked to it uh, at a higher frequency than the other viruses based on limited studies. And I got to tell you, they don't know anything about this COVID. They, they really don't. They could pretend all they want, like they, you know, have a handle on this thing, but they clearly do not. But anyway, this uh, myocarditis apparently is is uh, in more COVID-19 victims than the typical, you know, flu victims. And because of that, they're thinking that it might be a little bit more serious. I, I mean, are you kidding me? You know, I can give you a thousand stats on how many more people die in car accidents, how many more people take showers, slip and fall. How many people come up with rashes and it turns into a little bit more? I mean, if, if you want to look for things, just, just why can't they be honest? It, it's not. Do you think they really care about the kids? You really think they're the, these college administrators, these guys who make multi-millions of dollars, do you think they're sitting back saying, all right, the kid they got from Topeka, Kansas, or you know, an inner city somewhere, or in the middle of Montana somewhere, do you think they really care about the livelihood of those kids? No freaking way. I'm, I'm sorry. I hate to be so cold-hearted, 
But you'll never convince me they're doing this because of the care of the kids. No way. Not when they travel these kids all over the country during, oh, by the way, school year. Not when they have these kids practice for months at a time playing meaningless football games when they're six and six. Not when they're playing football games, thank you very much, the Mac, on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays just so they can get on the four-letter network and get exposure for their programs. No, not because they're playing, oh, by the way, you know, 9 o'clock on Saturday nights because they want to be get on TV as well because that's what Fox is paying them. No, so don't try and tell me that they're worried about the welfare of these kids. That's not it. If they had a cold, concrete, written contract that says, you cannot sue me if your son gets this virus and God forbid something serious should happen. I won't even say what, but you know where I'm going. God forbid something serious should happen to that child. You cannot sue our school, university, coaches, administrators. If they had that written in stone, and said, kids, you could play if you want to, or you cannot play. Your choice. If you don't play, you keep your scholarship, you get a full year of eligibility remaining, and we'll just move on when this thing goes away. But you guys make the call. If they could have that in writing, I guarantee you every one of these schools would be playing. I guarantee it. There is way, 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 way too much money on the line to think that these schools are pissing away these college football programs. And it's not just college football players. It's all full sports. It's all the money that is given to the schools uh, that is supported by the college football programs, i.e. the networks. There's a lot of money involved, a lot of money. Again, you know, all you need to do is find out uh, where the latest 6-6 six and six college football team after November is going to be playing sometime in December, two, three, four weeks later, because they're making millions of dollars going to a meaningless bowl game. That, that's all you need to know. I mean, it, it's just a joke. So to come up with this goofy, rare heart condition, like they're, they're playing some noble person here. Oh, we, you know, we found out that the, the athlete might get a little bit more susceptible to come on. Even Nick Saban. You know, these guys are saying the truth. The coaches. We act like these guys Saban. We act like these guys can't get this unless they're playing football. They can get it anywhere, whether they're in a bar or just hanging out. And it's true. I really, I just don't believe that there would be a judge out there unless you prove that the colleges were doing absolutely nothing to keep their facilities clean, if they weren't wiping it down every single day. And listen, that's a pain in the ass. You know, who, who'd want to do that? But, you know, you want to make a gazillion dollars, then you do that stuff. But you know, unless you were able to prove that they were being negligent beyond belief, like Colorado State apparently was, uh, there isn't a judge in the world that would throw the book at the schools and universities. I, I really, I, I just don't believe that. But the fear is there. You know, it's 2020, and lawsuits are a dime a dozen. It doesn't cost much to file a lawsuit. And if your son comes down with this virus because you counted on Nick Saban or Day or you know whoever Frost in Nebraska to keep the facilities clean and they don't think they were or they came to you and, you know, you ignored their their issues, you know, you're always going to have some open door to get that lawsuit back in order. So it's it's that. that That's what it is. It, it's not anything else. It's the fear of lawsuits. And listen, you get one lawsuit and that's the end of the world. I would think that you would be able to watch Major League Baseball and see these players get the viruses and have no lawsuits being thrown, but you know what? I, I, I don't know. Um, it's not happening yet, but it, it might. So who, who knows? But let, let the NFL be the guinea pig. But as I stated before, let them practice. Why can't you say the season is on hold for now? Maybe we're going to delay it. We've already eliminated the non-conference games. So we, you know, theoretically, we can start September 26th. I mean, heck, God forbid 
They should do the unthinkable and actually not have these meaningless bowls the first couple of weeks of December. You know, God forbid they should do that and, and use these three weeks off that they're delaying and playing the games in December. But let's go through the practice. Let's see how it works out. And if for three weeks of practice, we can keep these these kids relatively virus-free, then we'll, we'll play on. And if we can't, then we won't. It's as simple as that. I, I don't know what's so difficult about that. Why, why do they have to determine on August, as a couple of the, you know, the, S, uh, the uh, SEC basically said, why do we have to determine on August 11th whether we're going to have football September 11th? Why can't we just say, listen, nobody knows. So let's give it a crack. You know, it seemed to work out well in the NBA. It seemed to be working very well in, in uh, the NHL. Major League Baseball obviously has its issues, so it's not completely positive. So let's let's have three weeks of practice before we start up the season. And if we have a bunch of players in a bunch of schools and a bunch of conferences that are having just way, way, way too many issues, then we'll wave the white flag. I, I don't understand. What am I missing here from them saying, let's give this a try with practices? And if we certainly can survive the practices, then I think we'd be able to survive the travel. We've already limited how many places you're going to be going to. You're not going to be flying far away because we're keeping it in conference. I don't know. I just think that's the way to go. NHL last night, we get the postseason beginning this afternoon, 3 o'clock Eastern time. They had the draft lottery last night. And, oh, the NHL finally has done something right. Uh, on the uh, other side of the uh, coin, something wrong in Washington. Boy, did you read the allegations about Darius Geis? Redskin running back that was cut this week. What a dope. Well, what an absolute dope. We'll get to that next right here. Big with the bad beats on the 844-843-6879. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. The first selection in the 2020 NHL draft belongs to the New York Rangers. Wow, there it is. The New York Rangers have won the 2020 NHL draft lottery. So take a look. Yep. <laughs> Not exactly Patrick Ewing, New York Knicks, but the NHL has finally gotten it right. NHL TV there with the call. They had the NHL draft lottery. Uh, you know, listen, we only have about 35 minutes left in the show this morning, so I can't explain how it all works. But the, the NHL cockeyed system of doing its draft lottery allowed the teams that well, I'll, I'll summarize it real quick. They have a draft lottery like the NBA has a draft lottery. It's not like the NFL. You just put the teams in descending order and you go that way. They don't. They put all the non-playoff teams in a, in a bowl, give them combinations, pull out a name, and bingo, there you go. Uh, unlike the NBA, they just use a regular team ball. So that team ball got represented by or those eight teams that lost in this play-in little series that team ball actually won the original lottery. So all the other teams that didn't even make these playoff games or playing uh, best of fives got put into a bin. And so did the eight playoff losers getting represented by one ball. Well, that one ball representing those eight playoff play-in game losers actually won the original draft lottery. 
So whichever team, you know, did not win this best of five knew that they had a one in eight chance of getting the number one overall pick, which uh, turned out to be the New York Rangers. That's why you had a lot of teams like fans debating whether they wanted to win an opening round playoff series, make the playoffs and get, you know, lose, get knocked out in the first round by Boston or Tampa Bay or, you know, uh, Colorado or Vegas, whoever it may be versus maybe getting the number one overall pick. So Rangers get swept. I don't doubt that happened naturally, not by any kind of fixing, but they get put into the bin and lo and behold, you know, a la Patrick Ewing many moons ago. I don't know if they maybe made the Rangers ball a little bit lighter so that would come out or heavier. Did they put it in a freezer? Did they bend a little corner? You know, all the conspiracy theories with Ewing and the Knicks way back when. My favorite, my all-time favorite out of those conspiracies, and I do believe, I, I do. I'm, I'm a conspiracy guy, so I have no qualms. I, I think they rigged it that the Knicks were going to get Ewing. He was such a consensus number one uh, you know, may, maybe not on the well. I'm gonna say on the level of uh, LeBron James. LeBron was a con- there. Were, there were a few consensus, consensus, consensus. And Ewing, if you don't remember, was in that category, right? So I don't doubt for a second they put the Knicks square. At that point, it was just a square, like one foot by one foot, with a label of each team. They put them in this bin, spun the bin around. Commissioner David Stern at the time would pull the names out. I don't doubt for a second that they put the Knicks where this is the most logistically possible one. Some said that they put corners that were a little crooked. Yeah, but you can't have the commissioner looking for corners that were crooked, you know. But you could, if you put that one in the freezer, he could feel that's the cold one. That's the Knicks. So the conspiracy is that they put the Knicks one in the freezer. He made sure he didn't pick that until last. And lo and behold, the Knicks get Patrick Ewing and the rest is history. Now, of course, the Knicks never won a championship with Ewing, but that was basketball in its heyday, though. It's never been, you know, you could talk all you want about Bird and uh, and Magic bringing back basketball from the depths of despair. But when Ewing was on the Knicks and the Pistons were good and the Bulls were good, the Pacers with Reggie Miller and my 40 plus years of watching NBA, that has still been the most exciting basketball big time. Now, it could be a little provincial because I'm living here in New York and the Knicks were good versus the Knicks being lousy for the last 10 plus years, but that to me is still basketball at its best. It really is. And I've been a long proponent, long, long, long proponent of the NHL trying to do the same thing because I will tell you, even as a Bruins fan, and we won a couple of Stanley Cup championships, the NHL has never been as popular until the Rangers with Mark Messier got into the Stanley Cup championship and won. You know, you had the Devils with Ronnie Brodeur, which is, you know, New York's neighbor. Helps, but it's not New York, but it does help. And you had the Rangers. You had a big name in Messier. Um, remember, they won the championship without Gretzky. Gretzky came later on. But when the Rangers were good with those star players, the NHL has never been as popular. Not with Ovechkin, not even close with Sidney Crosby, not even close with Mario Lemieux, not even close, believe it or not, with the greatest player of all time, Wayne Gretzky. Those eras of the NHL didn't come close to how popular hockey was in this country when the Rangers and Messier won the Cup. So I've always said, and I hate the Rangers as a Bruins fan, make the Rangers good. The commissioner's got to find a way. He's got to get with these teams that have star players. And tell them, just like they did with L.A. and the Kings, guys, you know what? I know I'm asking you to trade Austin Matthews. I know I'm asking you to trade, um, you know, some of these other star players. But in the long run, we're not going to rip you off. We're going to give you good prospects from the Rangers. But get these guys 
on these big market teams in this league and will prosper so much more than what it is right now. You know, having uh, Johnny Goudreau with the Calgary Flames, no one gives a rat's behind. You know what? Nobody cares. And that's what the NHL should do. If they're, you know, able to work it out that the Rangers win the number one overall pick, then why not also complete the deal? Call up Edmonton, all right? The Rangers can get this Lafreniere dude. I don't know if he's any good. Who knows? Maybe. Um, I will tell you, NHL has probably more solid first-round picks that turn into solid first-round picks than maybe any other sport. It, it's it's rare to have a you know a top-five pick not turn into a halfway decent player when you really look at the drafts compared to the NFL of late. Compared to Major League Baseball late, you'd be amazed. So this guy figures to be pretty good. Oh, where is he from? Uh, Canada. So you know what? You get the NHL involved. You get Batman involved. And you say, Edmonton, Connor McDavid, great player, right? How much have you won with him? Eh, nothing. Uh, Toronto, Austin Matthews, great player, right? Yeah. How much have you won with him? Mm, nothing. All right. Send McDavid in particular because he's uh, from uh, from Arizona, so he's a, a U.S. citizen. You give us your U.S. citizen superstar playing in the middle of nowhere, Edmonton. Trade him to New York. Get the first overall pick. Go get your Canadian superstar. And now we have something going. We have the Americans with the American teams. You know, Calgary maybe with Johnny Goudreau. I'd much rather have McDavid. But if you can get Goudreau, who's also from uh, New Jersey, you know, to play on the Rangers, start build, get, get some star players in big markets. And we don't have time to wait for this Lafreniere dude to turn into, you know, the next Wayne Gretzky. You know, complete the deal, get it done now. And that's what the NHL needs to do. If they really want to get on the map, and I do believe they want to, that's what they need to do. It sounds far-fetched. It sounds crazy. Oh, Scott, you can't orchestrate trade. Yes, you can. Believe me. I lived through the Edmonton era with, with trading away Gretzky. And I've always told this to people. Whenever and I love, you know, trade proposals. And there are a lot of sports talk show hosts that are like, no, that's stupid. That's never going to happen. Listen, I, I stop them in their tracks when I say, if the greatest hockey player of all time, bar none, Wayne Gretzky, can be traded, any trade can happen. It's as simple as that. There's maybe different reasons why guys get traded, but don't tell me it cannot happen just because this guy is not going to uh, tr be traded by that particular team. With salaries the way they are and fan bases the way they are and everything else going on in the world of sports, Everybody but everybody. You know, Tom Brady, albeit not traded, was basically let go by Tampa by uh, by New England. You know, so don't tell me guys can't be moved or traded. So that's what you need to do. You call up Edmonton, you get Connor McDavid on the line, you tell the Oilers, listen, we're gonna give you the number one overall pick. You haven't won squat with this dude. You just got eliminated by the Chicago stinking Blackhawks. The Chicago Blackhawks. My daughter could score a goal against the Chicago Blackhawks, and she's 15. You just lost to that team. All right. So whatever's whatever you have on your team, it's not working. So Toronto, you haven't been in a postseason in a gazillion years, or at least won a first round series in a gazillion years. Austin Matthews, whatever you have with him, it's not working. Okay. Get rid of him. Trade him. It could happen. That's what the NHL needs to do. 844-843-6879. That said, hockey postseason does start this afternoon, believe it or not. A little goofy, but what can you do? They got four games. I think I may have said five earlier, but you got four games today because they're playing in the bubble. 
They have to, God forbid, they should have two games on at the same time. You know, it's 2020. I know we got the coronavirus and we're worried about anything else, but the NHL's got to worry about having two games at the same time. Even though they have two facilities, they very easily could, but you're going to get a game at three. They'd rather have a game at three o'clock in the afternoon than play two games at the same time. I mean, think about that. Um, I get it. There's no fans, but how many people are able to watch Columbus and Tampa Bay? And think about Columbus. Now, I get there's some punishment in going to a five-game series, but Columbus was just through a grueling five-game series with Toronto. You know, they blow a 3-0 lead in game four, which they looked like they were going to win the series three games to one with three and a half minutes left. They lose in overtime. They got to play a deciding game five two nights ago, uh, late game, and they end up winning the game 3-0. They do have yesterday off, but, you know, that's, a, that's an emotional game five. And they got to hop right back on it and not only play two days later, but really play a day and a half later as they got the early three o'clock game today. And I will tell you and remind you, Columbus was the team that eliminated Tampa Bay by a sweep last year. So and Tampa Bay was the consensus number one team. They had clinched the number one seed, a low president's cup, a low. I mean, they were dominant as dominant can be Tampa Bay. That was one of the biggest upsets in NHL playoff history. So now they're playing again. Tampa Bay has got to be chomping at the, you know, the bits there to get back at Columbus, which is playing on no rest. I'll tell you what, if the Devil Dogs of Hockey, the Lightning, can't win this afternoon laying only a buck 65, then they ought to just be kicked out of the NHL. Love Tampa Bay. This afternoon, SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Try my disgusting bagel. Now, back to bagels and bad beats with Scott Wetzel. Bagels and Bad Beats. On a Tuesday morning, 844-843-6879. 40 minutes past the hour. Again, 844-843-6879. I'll hit the phones here in a sec. Let me finish up this NHL stuff. Again, first game on the board, 3 o'clock this afternoon. Tampa Bay and Columbus love the Lightning, laying a buck 65. I, again, after getting swept last year by Columbus, Columbus off an emotional series, first game, and then after after beating Toronto, I, I just, again, if, if Tampa Bay can't win this game, they should just get kicked out of the league. They really should just get kicked out of the league. Uh, the other game uh, that I really, really like is later on tonight, Boston versus Carolina. Remember, Boston swept Carolina out of the postseason last year in the Eastern Conference Finals. Now, uh, I'm not going with Carolina in this series, not because I'm a Bruins fan. I just don't think it's a, it's a good match for, for Carolina. I think they're out of their league. I think that was shown last season. Uh, now, Boston has struggled 0-3. In uh, the seeding games, got outscored nine to four, zero for nine on the power play. So I'm not going to lay the buck thirty-five, which is very, very tempting. That is a low price. Carolina's coming off a sweep against the Rangers. They held the Rangers in check, and the Bruins didn't score any. So where am I going? Well, FanDuel's got it at five and a half. So you have to lay a buck forty. So it might be five in some circles, but I'll just give you FanDuel's odds because. That seemingly is our consensus. You know, everyone has FanDuel, so why not use FanDuel? Good people over there, buddies of ours. So 
I'm gonna go. I'm gonna lay the buck forty and go under five and a half. I, I see no reason why the Bruins all of a sudden are gonna turn it on. You know, hockey teams don't do that. You know, basketball teams can do that because a lot of it is effort. And and while I don't think Boston really tried against Washington, knowing had they won, they would have faced the Islanders versus had they lost facing Carolina, a team they've manhandled over the last two seasons. But I do think they tried against Philadelphia, and I do think they tried against Tampa Bay, two other teams they lost to. So, And they, they haven't scored four goals in three games. I don't see, outside of a couple, empty, uh, a couple of empty netters, I don't see this game reaching six goals. I, I just I, I love the, the minus five and a half, so I like that. Second game on the board after that Tampa Bay-Columbus one is Dallas and Calgary. I'm going to play the under five and a half on that. Again, you might see that at five because FanDuel has it laying a buck 60. Hate laying these odds and these over-unders. I really do, but I don't see that one scoring six goals either. And then the late game is Vegas and Chicago. That ought to be a fun series. That is a rare, rare six and a half total. But the Blackhawks can score seven goals and they can give up seven goals. So I don't know if I'd be laying uh, going on any unders. But I gave you the numbers yesterday. These games that have the, you know, these play-in games and seeding games in the NHL, 27 and 17 under. That's it's a that's a big ten game sw- uh, sl- uh, swing. So I would not be so quick to bet any overs in these playoff games. Playoff games are generally lower scoring anyway. So keep the as long as you see the five and a halfs and maybe you put those in parlays if you want to. But I I do like the unders in all those games for the most part except for the Blackhawks. I tell you who I, I I like some live dogs. I like the Islanders. I told you from the beginning two weeks ago when I last left you. Grab the Islanders at 40 to 1 to win the postseason. A gutsy little team swept Pittsburgh in the first round last year. Showed they have some success. They got good goaltending, defense. Got a head coach in Barry Trotz, faces his former team in the Capitals, only getting a plus 18, buck 20 on FanDuel. But I think they're more than capable of uh, winning that series. Uh, I do like the Bruins against Carolina. They're only minus buck 60, but I, I just think they're a much, 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 much better team. Um, I like Tampa Bay. It's tempting, but I'm not going to lay 225 because I tell you, if, if they lose that first game, then they're in a lot of trouble. You talk about just the weight and the pressure of everything being put on their shoulder. Wow. That After getting swept last year, if they were to lose this afternoon, that would be just remarkable. Um, that, that really would. And I tell you, you know, in, in a world in which you can hedge, which is a beautiful thing, I think a little flyer on the Blackhawks plus 245 against Vegas. You know what? Um, they look good in that Edmonton series. You might be able to put a scare in Vegas and, and you know, win the first game or, you know, one of the first two. If you do, that, those odds will drop dramatically, especially if you can win game one uh, later on tonight. And then you, you get the hedge instead of Vegas laying 320. That would probably drop down to about a buck 70 or so. And now you have yourself a halfway decent little middle there. Overall, who do I like to, to win it all? Well, you're getting some value on some of these. And that, that's where I look value and, and, you know, ultimately, you know, who I like. I told you before the break, I did like Boston. They were 6-1. to one. They're up to 8-1 to one because they dropped from the number one to the number four seed. But I still like them. I still like the Islanders. Again, they dropped from 40-1 to one to 21-1. to one. Big drop in odds there. But I'm okay with that. I think you're still getting pretty good value there. I'm going to stay away from Colorado. Don't trust the goaltending. He's terrific. Hart, uh, American kid, but uh, I don't think he's, uh, excuse me, in Philadelphia, rather. 
and hard. I don't think uh, that kind of lack of experience. Now it happened last year, um, you know, with St. Louis, but I don't think he's got the the moxie to carry that team to a Stanley Cup championship. I don't. Um, the favorite team I'm going to go with would be Vegas uh, at, at six to one. So Bruins eight to one, Vegas six to one, and then throw me the Islanders who we've had for forty to one. Uh, I'm still counting on them at twenty one to one. So uh, that's what I like in the NHL. All right, eight four four eight four three six eight seven nine. To the phones we go. Jason in Louisiana uh, starts this uh, this hour number two. Jason, welcome to uh, Bagels and Bad Beats. Oh, we don't have him. Okay, I'm sorry. I thought I saw Jason. No, he dropped off. Oh, you know what? My <laughs> my my uh, thing here, uh, Chris, went all the way back to yesterday. I just kind of re-kicked uh, over. All right, no no problem. So no Jason. That's okay. Because you know what? I, w- I did want to get to this uh, the football story because uh, I plugged that. You know, this guy went from being a sympathetic figure to if these stories are true. And listen, you, you always got to you know temper these uh, issues with if the stories are true. But, it, you know, something clearly happened. Uh, I'm talking about Darius Geis of the uh, former Washington Redskins, who is now a former, former Washington Redskin, if you will, released by Washington, the football team, as they're calling themselves, last week because of a domestic violence situation with his girlfriend. Well, uh, TMZ, God bless him, got the court documents and released some of the details of what's being accused. Of Darius, and let me just preface it by saying he he was a sympathetic figure because this is the guy that was a second round draft choice a couple of years ago, blew out his knee two straight years. You know he was going to be, if not the face of the franchise, but they were going to give him the running back job. He was going to be the man, but he blows out his knee, torn ACL. His first preseason cost him the entire 2018 year. Remember he was at LSU, good running back uh, with the Tigers. And then uh, last year was cut short, blowing out both MCL and MCL sprain and a torn meniscus that cost him, you know, basically the most of, of last season. He came back late, rushed for 245 yards and two touchdowns. But his season, back-to-back, just, just, just you know, you, you wouldn't wish that on anyone. Uh, seemingly a good guy, you know, so basically blows out his knee twice when he had an opportunity to be the man for the uh, then Redskins, right? So we all feel bad for Darius Geis. Then, out of the blue, last week, he gets cut by Washington and uh, new head coach Ron Rivera. And you're like, geez, what the fudge? You know, something's obviously going on. Then they released that there was a domestic violence situation. Oh, geez. You know, that's the last thing you want, obviously, uh, by all accounts. So now TMZ has come out with some of the details. And I won't read it verbatim, but I'll I'll paraphrase. And again, all just accusations. But the victim, the girlfriend, alleged victim, uh, she's a victim, something happened to her, told the police that Geis choked her until she was unconscious. She says when she woke up, Geis was there sitting next to her crying, tapping her when she regained consciousness. That was one of not one, not two, but three alleged incidents that took place apparently between February 14th, oh, by the way, Valentine's Day. How, how nice of a Valentine's Day was that? And April 17th. The Valentine's Day incident, Geis's girlfriend said she popped a blood vessel after Geis pushed her to the ground in his bedroom bathroom, uh, causing injury to her left thumbnail where she caught her fall. The woman says the choking took place on March 13th and that Geis physically assaulted her multiple times that day. Then on April 17th, the woman says Geis pushed her to the ground outside his home in Virginia. She took photographs of her injuries. She also said Geis threw her cell phone in the street, causing it to shatter. 
He's facing five charges, including assault and battery, felony strangulation, and destruction of property. The felony strangulation, i.e. choking, charge alone carries a penalty up to five years in prison. I mean, you got to be kidding me, brother. Uh, you, you, you just, you know, I, you know, for the girlfriend, maybe she's just loyal. But you would have thought after that first incident, you know, she would have said, that's it. Get me the fudge out of here. Um, but apparently not. So I could see clearly why the Redskins, with all of their issues, this is the last thing. I, I mean, just whether it's the virus, whether it's social injustice, whether it's the Redskin nickname, this is the absolute last thing. And this gets a second-round draft choice. I don't know how good he's going to be after, you know, two blown knee injuries, basically. But still, that's unfreakable. you you got to be just dope. I mean... Get out of the relationship, both of you. It's it's as simple as that. I mean, if, if it's got to the point where you're choking somebody, I mean, a female, I, I don't I don't get that. Listen, I, I've been married a long time. There are issues. It's not easy. Now, these were they weren't married, just girlfriend, boyfriend. But um, you know, it's not easy. There are gonna be some issues. Maybe even a little little pushing, a little yelling and screaming, you know, that, that stuff. And maybe even grab the cell phone and throw it to the ground. I mean, you know, we've all been angry enough to do things like that, but Physically assaulting and choking to the point where she's unconscious, throwing her to the ground, popping blood back. What are you? Are you freaking nuts? I mean, are you just absolutely nuts? Throwing her to the ground outside the home uh, to the point where she was able to take photographs of her injuries. So it's not just apparently just, you know, pushing her to the ground. I mean, strangling your girlfriend. I mean, are you just freaking nuts? I, I just... You talk about roid rage. I mean, that, that's what it is. It, it's, it, it's got, you know, you, you want to find an excuse why someone would lose their cool that easily. Um, you know, just crazy, just absolutely crazy. So I knew there had to be some, you know, ugly, you know, accusations when you get cut, um, even as a second round pick from a different administration. But uh, to you know, 23 years old, you got life by its balls. You're on a rookie deal, yes, but you're still making, you know, decent money. You know, keep yourself clean, set yourself up for the rest of your life, play football for just two, three, four, five years, maybe, and and you could set yourself up and instead you do stuff apparently like this. Wow. Just just, just unbelievable. And then you get, you know, we touched on it for a second there. Indians pitcher Mike Clevenger. Uh, is not going to start tonight against Chicago because he violated the uh, virus safety protocol. You know, this is why college football probably points to why we're going to shut things down because we can have all the, you know, contracts and all the text messages and all the commitment from the world about how these guys are all going to do the right thing. But we see, you know, MLB player after player do the wrong thing. Clevenger out with his buddy Zach Plesak. I told you, Plesak gets uh, caught driving back to Cleveland in a rental car. Uh, Clevenger says, you know what? I'm going to take the plane. They're out together Saturday night in Chicago. Don't know if Clevenger got the virus or not, but he didn't tell anyone he was out. They find outs, and now he's got to get uh, thrown into quarantine and undergo testing. And if it turns out that he has it, if he's on the plane, that if the Indians, you know, um, end up being the next St. Louis Cardinals, I don't know what they would do with Clevenger, but you're talking, please say, yeah, not that big a deal, but you know, Clevenger was one of their prominent pitchers. You know, they were counting on him. So that, that's why you'd love to be able to have college football and have a proponent of it, 
But if you think these guys are going to do everything, 100 athletes in their teams are going to do the right thing when you have baseball players risking millions by not doing the right thing, then you're probably kidding yourself. Bagels and Bad Beats on a Tuesday morning to wrap up shop with some free picks coming up next right here. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Now, back to Bagels and Bad Beats with Scott Wetzel. Come and knock on our door. Come and knock on our door. We've been waiting for you. We've been waiting for you. Where the kisses are hers and hers and his. Three's company too. Yeah. That's an oldie. That is an oldie for sure. All right, Bagels and Bad Beats, let us wrap up shop as we always like to do uh, with a couple of stories, and then we'll give you a couple of winners uh, for the uh, games tonight. First up, other stories. Not not too much. We did. I, I want to get into this a little bit more tomorrow, but uh, over the weekend it was revealed that uh, The Rock is buying the XFL. Someone's got to explain to me why someone would pay $15 million for something that basically went out of business in less than a year. <laughs> I mean, is there a reason why you're paying someone to buy a failing company? Is it the name? Is it you think XFL carries that much weight? Is it, you know, realistically, maybe the contracts? I suppose that's it. It's the contracts that you have with the players. It's so good. But I got to tell you, you've had two leagues go belly up, neither one being able to finish out basically a year. Uh, not basically, they haven't. Neither one was able to finish out a year. So I, I don't know why they would think these contracts that they have with these players or maybe the stadiums or even the leagues uh, and the networks are so good that you would pay $15 million for something. We can't even get the NFL, never mind the XFL. So, But the Rock is in. Maybe we'll get into that a little bit more tomorrow. Uh, Joel Embiid left Sunday's game with an ankle injury. Four-letter network says it doesn't look that serious, but he won't play in tonight's game against Phoenix. Diamondbacks put pitcher Madison Bumgarner on the IL. They signed this dude to a five-year, $85 million deal. Five years, $85 million, and he can't get through a quarter of a season. Wow. Update our Vegas numbers. No NHL yesterday, but we had five NBA games, three more overs, three and two over. Now 11 games over on the season, 39 overs, 28 unders with one push. Bet against Boston, you were a winner as Tampa Bay beat the Red Sox. Bet against the Nationals, you were a loser as the Mets lost to Washington. Our plays this afternoon, Tampa Bay, the Lightning, uh, and then under on the Bruins. Have yourselves a great, profitable Tuesday. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Big news with that news.